Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Happy Friday there, folks. Oh, jeez. What are we going to talk about today? I don't know. I, I can't even make a joke right now because if you go into social media anywhere, you're just going to be bombarded. So I pray for you because, yeah, today... Roe v. Wade it has officially been overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, hi, welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. I am, as always, your humble host. It's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be a banger of an episode today. Uh, and also, it's gonna be important because the Libertarian Party just changed their uh, national platform. It's gonna have a lot of conversation digging into how this is gonna uh, affect things going to the elections. And I have a, a great guest in store for us uh, today to help t- walk through and talk through things. But before we get there, want to go ahead and give a shout out to our episode sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Summit 2022. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash expat where you can check out the Expat Money Summit, and you can also go ahead and check out the Expat Money Show where uh, Mikkel Thorpe will, will show you how to go ahead and keep your hard-earned dollars protected from those greedy politicians who are trying to tax it to death and tax you to death, uh, but also November 7th through November 11th. Five days, 30 expert speakers. It is a free, yes, free virtual conference, folks. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash expat and grab your free tickets today. And I promise you, watch for a week. You will reap the benefits for generations. And in the interim, head over to the uh, Expat Money Show. Give it a subscribe and make sure you're uh, learning from Mikkel Thorpe. Uh, I promise you, you will not regret it. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash expat. All right, I can't talk about this entire Roe v. Wade thing by myself today, so I got good friend of the show, Caleb Franz. He's returned to the program to help me out. Caleb, welcome back to the program. Hey, Brian. It's good to be here. Good to have you back, my friend. And uh, yeah, whoo, lots to talk about today. Um, Yeah, we. if you go into social media, I don't know about you, I scrolled for maybe two seconds and I just couldn't do it anymore because it was every other post was it just talking about Roe v. Wade. And you can't just, I mean, I, those days when that's like there's one thing dominating the news feed, I can't do it. I'm like, I'll see you. I'll see you in a couple of days, guys. Um, but Caleb, this is monumental. This is 50 years in the making. Talk to us. What is, uh, what, what has happened here with, with what just happened with the Roe v. Wade ruling? Yeah, I think we're really seeing the outcome of, uh, of really the 2016 election uh, with uh, President Trump and uh, all of the things that uh, came out of that. Um, something that I was initially pretty skeptical of uh, in uh, 2016, uh, admittedly, that uh, he was going to uh, be, you know, be actually putting rather conservative candidates, uh, conservative justices I should say, uh, on the bench, um, because quite frankly, (laughs) a lot of Republican presidents recently uh, before him have not had a great track record. So I didn't really see a reason to believe that he would. But it is very clear. And and this is not just Roe either. This is the uh, the the gun uh, decision uh, before that, the education decision before that. Um, This is really showcased, I think. Uh, just how much the court has changed in the past four years, because I remember the court when uh, when President Obama was still president, 
Um, these are not the kind of decisions that would be that would be coming out of <laughs> nope. that would be coming out of the court whatsoever. Are you telling Are um, you telling me that Supreme Court Justice Merrick Garland wouldn't be ruling in this type of a manner, Caleb? No, and even um, even someone like John Roberts, uh, even though he did rule in 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 favor uh, of uh, of overturning Roe, um, as is the uh, the case today, as well as I believe he ruled in favor. Uh, with the uh, with the gun uh, case, uh, mm-hmm. the New York gun case yesterday as well, um, you know that was something that he he I I don't think he would have done necessarily you know ten years ago. Um, so it really does showcase the cultural change uh, and and the and the political makeup. Uh, I say political in in somewhat loose terms because I I don't think these were necessarily political decisions that they made, but rather constitutional ones, um, which is an important case, uh, an important uh, distinction to make when talking about these issues. Yeah, and uh, it's also uh, partly why we've just seen over the past few uh, few weeks here, this conversation actually has been taking place behind the scenes uh, with the Libertarian Party because this was a big part of the most recent Libertarian Party convention where the pro, okay, it wasn't really pro-choice language. It was more... It was more language that kept government out of the the conversation of abortion, which I know some libertarians prefer that. However, I think based on where the conversation of the country is right now, and frankly, this is also, if you look in sales, people want you to take a position on things. They don't like the wishy-washy. Um, we, people were looking for a yes or a no, and they're looking for some some you know actual guidance in terms of okay, what does the Libertarian Party actually believe? And in this case, uh, what they've done is they've actually removed this conversation from the Libertarian plank and instead say no, this is a conversation that goes back to the states, and that's exactly what at the end of the day this ruling um, reaffirmed from the Supreme Court was yeah going back to the states. So we're almost seeing Caleb this this uh, reversion, and it's actually I would say a step in the right direction for the LP especially and judicially we're seeing this across the board as well, towards federalism, right? And and federalism is something you talk a lot about over on your awesome podcast, uh, which we'll go ahead and plug here in a little bit. But we, we see federalism is absolutely an area where libertarians, conservatives, uh, right-wingers, I don't, I don't know who, you know, in general, I mean, heck, there are some lefties who I see make federalist arguments and they don't even realize that they're making federal, federalist <laughs> arguments. So you see that yeah. there is an, an appetite for, for federalism and is this not just the means that the Supreme Court is actually passing down right now to to your average state? Yeah, go go ahead. Here's federalism. Enjoy it and and do what you want with it. California, New York, you want to have abortions galore? Go be our guest. But if you're in a, a more red state and that's more pro-life leaning as a society, if they want to do you know the restrictions on abortion to the extent they want to, then that's I think what's going to happen, and it's going to be either a you vote to change that, or b you move with your feet. I mean that's what we did; we moved with our feet. Um, so that's going to happen, and I think in mass as well. Caleb, thoughts? Yeah, I think when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the LP's recent decision to just remove it uh, outright, I I always felt like that was probably the smartest move that they could do uh, while still maintaining a, uh, a, a sense of, of cohesion as far as, as who they are as, as libertarians, because on that issue of abortion, uh, it is something that is incredibly dicey. It is something that a lot of people have very strong opinions on. 
Um, and it's something that, you know, there's not really a clear libertarian answer to it the way that there is with virtually every other issue. Um, and the, in the way that it, it was, uh, sorry, really quick. I just, I I have to interrupt because you're, what you're touching on is, and pardon the expression, but it's our libertarian autism where we have to have a definitive yes or no answer on something. And that's exactly what you're referring to. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, continue. Yeah, well, I mean, the way that it was written before, I mean, you alluded to this uh, earlier, it was it was kind of a hands-off approach slightly, but it kind of wasn't. It was written in a way to where um, it, it slanted a little bit more towards the pro-choice wing of the Libertarian Party than it did the, the pro-life mm-hmm. uh, uh, wing. Um, and I think uh, that that really alienated a, a lot of people because they could see that it was like it's not technically endorsing a, a pro-choice position. Alienated me. It, it made yeah, me uncomfortable. Right. Whenever I was asked, Brian, why are you a pro-life libertarian? Why are you having pro-life folks on your show? Why are you doing that? Why don't you care about you know women's rights? I'm like, that's not the conversation at all. And to your point, it makes it really hard for me to even feel comfortable in the, the group I'm supposed to be promoting when you're you're almost being pushed out for your views. Continue. Caleb, sorry. Yeah, and 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 you know, I have to be clear about this. Like, I, I don't necessarily have a stake in the game. I'm I'm not necessarily a member of the Libertarian Party or, or any party for that matter. Uh, right now, I uh, am rather independent in that sense. Um, but I do think it is rather um, indicative of the broader Libertarian movement. Uh, in the conversations that we have in the broader libertarian movement. And this is something that we were talking about a little bit before uh, hopping on here is that um, there are people in the uh, libertarian movement that it's time that we sort of sort of evaluate um, and 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 self uh, evaluate in the sense that uh, I think we get into our bubbles, uh, and that is especially the case in those like DC environments or political environments. Yep. Um, whereas we we alienate uh, certain groups of people that are very present, um, and if anything, this this convention has showed that uh, those people are are there, and it's it would be a mistake to to alienate them for much longer. Um, if you don't have to necessarily agree with, with them, and, and I don't think that I do on, on every single issue, but it is important to understand why they feel uh, the way they feel, and it is important to understand uh, sort of the position that they're coming from, um, because that could mean the difference between, I mean, this is the entire reason why, why Trump won in the first place uh, yep. in the Republican Party. I know that's not the Libertarian Party, but there's a lot of similarities in, in the way that um, in the way that the Mises caucus, uh, as, as happened at the convention sort of took over the LP versus the way that Trump sort of took over the GOP, uh, and then eventually the white house. Um, you don't have to necessarily support that, but I think you do have to understand it. And if you're not trying to understand it, then that's, that's a fatal mistake. Yeah. Well, we just talked about this on our episode. I think it was on Monday. I did a solo episode where I talked about, the French elections, which I'm not sure if you pay attention there, but Marine, Le, uh, mm-hmm. Marie, Marine, Marie Le Pen, her, right? Her, uh, her party, they actually did really, really well, um, surprisingly well. And, you know, they, they actually, I think it was like 80 some odd seats that they ended up taking after the last election cycle. I think it was two, five, something. It was, it was single digits though. So the fact that they, they jumped so much is just shocking. And, and the fact that 
she has been able to make such a rise. You you look over in, in Europe, Brexit, you have here in America, Trump. And with the COVID insanity, which was really pushed down by the COVID regime, that really exacerbated things here, I think, locally. Um, yeah, I say locally, in America, but also locally, right? I, I'm seeing, and I'm not sure if you're seeing this, Caleb, where you are down in Kentucky, but like the... Your 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 average person is so like is so attached to reality, <laughs> which I know this sounds mean to the other, but like into your point, the bubbles like the people who are in the bubble or in the Beltway or in the establishment, like the for the lack of a, a better expression, the laptop class. Like if you are detached from around you, like your surroundings there. So I had a, a gentleman on my show and I don't mean to rant here, but there's a gentleman on my show named Stephen, uh, Stephen. Oh God. My name just broke. Uh, Stephen Miller, I think his gentleman's name is, uh, uh Steve Harrison. There we go. Sorry. Uh, I had so many folks, 500 plus episodes, folks. Give me a break. Um, but Steve Harrison, he's a marketing guru from, from Britain and he wrote a, a book and we, we had him on the show and we, we walked through it, but he talks about the, the people who are called the somewheres and the people who are called the anywheres. And if you're a somewhere, you're someone who you identify with your locality. You identify with your, your your community. You you know the people. You know the families. You're you're invested into not just your community, but the the people that make up the community, right? And and with that, the culture. Then there's the anywheres. It's the people who I think would be more of the the laptop class. And this is the folks who they can live anywhere because they're not necessarily attached to a specific area, but more so they're attached to a general culture that you can access from anywhere. So as long as they're able to get onto their, you know, their idiot box or get onto the, the, the internet and they can watch their favorite shows with their favorite people, then they're comfortable being from California to New York to Florida and all that in between until the specific policies start to impact them directly, right? And, and that right there speaks to the difference between your anywheres and your somewheres. And then there's like a small minority of folks, I think, who are like the in-betweeners who can live anywhere and still identify with the somewheres and, and identify with a local area. I kind of feel like that's me. Um, you know, that's, I lived yeah, in Philadelphia. I was, I was about to say, right? that's, that's kind of where I am too. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I've lived in New, northern New York, uh, southern tier of New York. I've lived in uh, Elmira, or uh, yeah, southern tier of New York, Elmira. Um, I've lived in Philadelphia, PA, and now I'm out here in Newcastle. And I have found, especially each time I've lived in those areas, that I get very connected with the communities. And... I, I don't know, man, like I, I see a lot of folks in this laptop class get stuck in this, like this, this online world. And you know, I, I, I see it. I see people who online is real life. There's that, that, you know, tongue in cheek expression, go touch grass, because I think too often people do think that online is, is all that is real life. So I, I'm hopeful, <laughs> right? That we, to, to kind of take this full circle that, we're getting more of a a party that is open to people who are the somewheres, right? The people who who want to feel that their communities matter. Yes, national conversations, national issues are important, but at the end of the day, if you're letting the national conversation trump, no pun intended, your local issues that matter quite literally more important than anything else, then your priorities are completely askew. And this has been the focus of the Mises Caucus that I have 
been from the very beginning on board with. It's something I'm going to have Michael Heist here on the program again sometime soon, and we're going to be digging through this idea of focusing on local elections because one thing that we've been talking about, I think from 2018, 2019, when the show started was if you can build trust, how do you do that? You do that by winning local elections. You do that by creating the the idea that you're not just there to to run every two years to be that different different person on the ballot, but actually running to solve the problems. And then when you run as local uh, office or you go for those open seats that don't have anybody that's running right now and you win and you can put liberty-oriented solutions into action and you make your community better, that's when things start to, to, to change at a fundamental level because now no longer is liberty or libertarianism, right? The libertarian party, no longer is it a good idea or, you know, a nice to have. Now it is, we're seeing it in action. It makes sense. And oh, by the way, when this person runs for a more high level office, now I can trust them that they're going to do what they said they were going to do and actually solve the problems. And they did it in a way that they said they were going to do it originally, we can build that trust. We can, we can really, I think we can build up a case to be made to your average voter that we are quite truly the less radical alternative to both the, the Republicans and the Democrats. If you are the, you know, team big L libertarian by the nature that we're trying to instill more power, more authority back to you, the local individual, the, the individual in your community. And get rid of this this fear, this threat of the pendulum swinging from one side to the other every four years, every two years, depending on if it's Congress or the White House. And with that, whether your team is going to be the team in power or the team that's going to be targeted. Let's stop that. Let's let's get rid of this, you know, this this ginormous Leviathan state. Let's instead put the power back where it actually matters. The people, the communities, the localities. Caleb, I'm off my soapbox. Thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I'm someone who is a, uh, I'm, I'm much more of a movement guy than I am, I am necessarily a party guy, but I think the, the same sort of principles generally apply across the board. Um, whenever you focus uh, primarily on, on the areas that you can affect change the most, uh, that tends to spread quite rapidly and uh, it tends to spread uh, uh, very quickly, very uh, substantially and with a solid foundation. Um, whereas if you're trying to go for, uh, I think it, it is important to have certain aspirations that may even be unrealistic in, in the very beginning. I think that is, that is important as a movement or a party or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But you also have to have a game plan as far as like, what does immediate change look like? You can have those grand visions and grand ideas, and it might come uh, sooner than than what you might expect. But you you have to have a game plan about what does immediate change look like, because that's the kind of change that you can focus on uh, first and foremost, and it can it can create those those grander visions uh, later on down the road. Now, before I give uh, our final thoughts here for the episode, because we do have some final thoughts for you know this this conversation on the Roe v. Wade abortion and you know the Libertarian Party going forward. But first, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to an awesome sponsor for the program, and that is Ebels. Ebels has been from the very beginning with us here at the Brian Nichols Show. Yeah, that's right, the old days of E 
E-A-B-L-E-S, Ebles. Yeah, for those of you who've been here for a while, you remember that commercial. That was a good one. Um, but no, Ebles has been a, a phenomenal sponsor here in the program. I'm a big fan of their Ebles Freeze Gel. Um, this is the 500 milligram uh, roll-on you can go ahead and get. Go to briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebles. And by the way, if you're you're scared of the whole, you know, trying this, this new CBD product, don't worry. It's all health, no high. You can start your pain-free tomorrow. Today, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebles. By the way, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 15% off your orders from CBD freeze gel roll-ons to topicals to all that in between. Uh, yes, one more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebles. All right, Caleb, let's give our final thoughts here for uh, this this whole you know insane conversation of the day that we kind of knew was coming with Roe v. Wade, but the direct implications on the liberty movement, and let's maybe focus some on the Libertarian Party as well. My take, I think this is going to absolutely open the door for more folks to join the Libertarian Party because of the fact that it is now making it so a lot of folks who were very on board with a lot of the liberty message now can feel more comfortable in the the uh, the movement. Um, and frankly, it, it, I, I do find it funny that we, we do as libertarians like to tell people what they cannot do or what they're not supposed to tell others to do, but we tend to do that a lot for our, our own movement. So uh, I will say that is a nice step, I think, in a much better direction about this conversation to allow more of a, a real conversation versus a stifling of one particular viewpoint over another. Um, and also with that being said, I do think that from a national perspective, there's going to be, I think there's going to be some pushback. I think the Republicans are going to maybe get a little bit more pushback this election cycle than we had, you know, we had thought. It depends though on how this is maintained in terms of the emotional attachment to Roe v. Wade going towards the elections relative to the economy. And I know that sounds gross to, you know, say, hey, this, this it's, it's the economy versus abortion rights. Like, but at the end of the day, like, what's going to push people to the polls? If the economy continues, where it's at with inflation going into stagflation and likely we're heading into a recession at the same time, bad news bears. Um, and also you see that the Biden administration is pushing this gas tax, which or gas tax holiday, which I mean, yeah, let's, let's do that and uh, keep it forever. Um, because what, they're, what they're doing is they're proposing it to come back in, in September, which Caleb, I'm not sure if you're uh, good with calendars. I'm not too good with calendars, but I did do some math really quick. That's only two months before the 2022 midterms, which uh, just adding on uh, an extra tax onto people's gas uh, just right before the midterms doesn't sound like a really good political idea. So um, I do think that this will be an issue that Democrats are going to try to cling to uh, as they go towards the midterms to have any semblance of hope in either maintaining some seats or even trying to win a couple seats here and there. But with the economy, I just, my gut is telling me, and I firmly believe this is going to be a conversation that the Republicans cannot lose um, because people, you know, there's, and this, again, there's more people who are looking at the, it feels bad to say, but there's more people who are looking at the gas station and feeling you know, this is an issue than people who are dealing with abortion every single day. And that's just a sad reality that we have to acknowledge. So that's my thoughts. Caleb, what are yours? Yeah, I, I agree that, that the economy is definitely going to be uh, the issue, uh, despite all the all the Twitter drama and everything like that. The economy is still going to be the issue that... Uh, mobilizes people that that gets people to uh go out and, and vote a certain way uh, and it always has this isn't this isn't rocket science it's, it's the way that things have always been um and for some reason there are certain people who still haven't figured that out yet 
Um, but uh, but to to narrow in a little bit more more specifically on um, on the libertarian movement uh, and and some of the drama within the libertarian party, you know, I I, I don't want to say one way or another whether or not the the Mises caucus is a, a net positive or a net negative. Uh, for the LP, like I mentioned, I don't really have a, a, a skin in the game uh, as far as that conversation goes. What I will say, though, is I think it, uh, as I mentioned before, is rather indicative of of the broader liberty movement. Uh, and that is an important distinction and an important conversation that needs to be had, um, because the more that you sort of, I mean, you know, it, libertarians fall victim to this too we get into our our own uh our own sort of group think where <laughs> where we all speak alike uh and then we end up alienating large swaths of of people uh that may be just slightly different from us but not terribly different from us on on the big picture things um and that's not a, a group of people that we want to alienate we want to have those conversations and and be um, inclusive in a, in a, in a broader term, in a broader, uh, statement, uh, without necessarily sacrificing any of those, any of those, uh, fundamentals, any of those principles that we have. Um, I, I think that's kind of the balance that has to be struck. I don't think that certainly not the LP, but I, I think, like I mentioned before, that the, the broader Liberty movement still has to figure that out, what that balance is. Yep. Um, hopefully, uh, it's something that we can figure out within the next few years, uh, so that way we can walk away as a stronger, uh, movement. Uh, but as it stands right now, uh, there's still a little bit of soul searching to do. I, I am not a caucus guy. I haven't been a caucus guy. I've been asked many a time, Brian, what are your thoughts on caucuses? And I have said, I, I overtly remain, uh, agnostic to cockeye. And, uh, now I, I can firmly say though that I, cause, cause let's be real. That wasn't my role. Um, my, my role is to help you guys be more effective in taking the ideas we talk about every single day, the ideas that we want the world to embrace and to be able to communicate them more effectively to your average person, right? We're, we're, we're focusing on not winning arguments, right? But winning hearts and minds. And my role has been just that. Now, I have been firmly uh, in on board with with the idea that the Mises Caucus has been promoting of local elections. That's We've been talking about that on the show literally from the beginning. So a lot of what the Mises Caucus has been talking about is stuff that we have been talking about. So I just didn't really find it my role to go ahead and tell them to keep doing what they're doing, but more so as you have people who are embracing these ideas of liberty, showing them how to effectively communicate it, especially if they're new to the movement. Hey, like if you're new to liberty movement stuff, welcome first and foremost, but we have an entire entity here at the program called Cell Liberty that it's entirely focused on talking about these ideas and being able to communicate them with your average person. So by the way, go like that on Facebook. Um, and Jeremy Todd, he's one of our co-hosts here in the program. He will go ahead and uh, he's getting his new season uh, going up here, I think sometime in the next couple of weeks or so. He just got moved, settled, whole thing. He's going to be hopping on again uh, in the podcast world relatively soon. But this is what we do, right? My job is not, though, to go out and enact the political change. That's to help you guys be more effective at doing so. So I hope I'm doing that. Uh, hopefully, you guys are getting some value. And if you are, please do me a favor. Go ahead, number one, and give us some love. I, I, I know I read all the reviews we get here at The Brian Nichols Show, so please give us a five-star rating review. I would love to hear about it. And also, by the way, um, while you're in the process 
of checking out podcasts and stuff. I teased it earlier. Caleb's got an amazing show as well called Profiles in Liberty. You can find that here on the uh, the We Are Libertarians network. Caleb, talk to us. I know you already have a couple seasons there in the bank. Uh, another season TBD, but uh, what can people go ahead and expect to find if they start digging into Profiles in Liberty with Caleb Franz? Well, it is uh, rather convenient timing because there is a certain uh, holiday coming up called the 4th of July or Independence Day uh, that uh, is all the focus of season one of, of Profiles in Liberty. Uh, I go into the signers of the Declaration of Independence, uh, kind of detail some of their stories, some people that you may have heard of, some people that you may not have heard of, um, actually some people who you very likely have not have heard of. Uh, and I try to try to elevate those those uh, voices and those uh, stories, uh, so that way we can have a more full uh, picture of what these heroes of of liberty looked like. Um, it's not always. I, I don't necessarily think this is something I, I mention in, in past uh, conversations with people about this show that. I don't necessarily think that every single person is going to relate to every single person who listens, but I do think there is going to be at least one person in each season that's really going to make people uh, sit back and and really reevaluate or really appreciate to a deeper level than what they had before. Season two is all about uh, who uh, a group of people that I have dubbed the equalizers. Um, it is a, a group of people from everyone from like Frederick Douglass to Harriet Tubman, um, as well as people like Abigail Adams or Mercy Otis Warren. Uh, it's a really, really great season. Uh, and uh, I think that there's some some great stuff there as well. I'm currently working on season three. It should be out sometime this fall. Uh, I'll have more more details on that once it, it gets a little bit more completed. But uh, as for now, you can subscribe and, and listen to uh, all the episodes we have. I think there's about 16 right now, uh, so plenty of content to consume. There you go, folks. There's your call to action. And uh, Caleb's been on the program many a time. So all you got to do if you're on the podcast version of the program, uh, yeah, the audio version, all you got to do, click your artwork and your podcast catcher. It'll bring you to briannicholshow.com where you can find today's episode. You can find Caleb's bio. You can find every other episode that he's been here on the program. Also, Caleb's done some awesome solo shorts. So go give those a listen as well. And uh, oh, by the way, if you didn't realize this, we also have a YouTube version of the show. So make sure if you're over over there on briannicholshow.com, just scroll up to the top of the page uh, for this episode and you will see the video version of the program. Head to YouTube, make sure you give us a subscribe, yeah, and also hit that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time we premiere uh, here on The Brian Nichols Show. And oh, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and make sure I include a, a very special episode. Usually I include the most recent episode uh, here below for uh, for the, the, the listener, but uh, what I wanted to do today is instead include my episode right here with Olivia Rondau, where we talked about how to talk about abortion without killing each other. Uh, so yeah, that's a very pertinent conversation. We had that a few, uh, actually a month or so back at this point. So I will, I'll include that special episode for you guys right here below. But otherwise, with that being said, uh, thank you for joining us on today's episode. Caleb, any final thoughts for the audience before we wrap things up? Yeah, if, if you want to subscribe to Profiles in Liberty, we're anywhere where podcasts uh, are at. So be sure to go ahead and give us a subscription and preferably a five-star review uh, if you find it in your heart. And we'll 
certainly appreciate it. There you go. All right, folks. Well, thank you for joining us. And yeah, if you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give it a share. When you do, give yours truly a tag at B Nichols Liberty and make sure you give Caleb a tag as well. Social media included here in the show notes. And oh, by the way, if you enjoyed the episode today, make sure you go ahead and check out all 525 other episodes here of the program. If you go to your podcast catcher, click that download all button so you can check out all 525 episodes. I I promise you, Caleb, they will leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today.